am an uncommon church builder. I am leading second. Hey everyone, I'm Brandon Stewart, and welcome back to the Leading Second podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders that our pastors would absolutely kill to have on the team. Welcome to your weekly infusion of leadership for all of us who lead in our churches, but serve a vision bigger than ourselves. In other words, we lead, but we are not in charge. This episode continues season one of the podcast, which we release every Thursday. I want to encourage you to make plans to join us every single week and make plans to weave us into your weekly routine. Consider subscribing, even leave a rating for the podcast, leave a comment, and consider sharing it with someone who doesn't yet know about it. I'm so excited for today's episode, but before we get into it, I have a quick announcement for you. Registration for our summer quarter of coaching groups is open now. I want to encourage you to head to leadingsecond.com or to the Leading Second Instagram account for links and for details for our summer coaching groups. Consider this your personal training as a leader. It would be my honor to pour myself into you and uh, help you over the course of this summer. We'd love to have you in one of our groups. Find out more information. Apply today. Spaces are limited. Before we get into our episode today, I want to take a question from a podcast listener who's a member of the Leading Second Forum on Facebook. So let's check out this question. All right, today I am joined by my good friend, Isaiah Crane. Isaiah, say what's up to everybody. What's up, everybody? Isaiah is a part of a church in eastern Washington, so the eastern uh, half of our state. Uh, why don't you tell everybody, Isaiah, where you're from and what you do at your church? Awesome, yeah. So I am a part of a church um, in Spokane, Washington called... Uh, one, my parents are the campus pastors there, and I am the volunteer youth pastor at our new satellite campus. Awesome, man. And uh, you had a great question today, I thought. I wanted to talk about it for a minute on the podcast here. Um, why don't you fire away with your question? Um, so my question is, how do you lead people older than you, and then what do you do um, if you receive some pushback from them? And just for context for everybody listening today, uh, how old are you, Isaiah? Uh, I am 21 years old. So you are a 21-year-old youth pastor? Uh, yes. Very good. Very good. Well, I remember uh, my own start in youth ministry. I was actually 20. I turned 21 a few months in. And, uh, man, I remember those days. And I think this has got to be maybe the most asked question we get on the Leading Second Forum, how do I lead people who are older than me? So I just thought it was awesome. And, you know, I'm really, really proud of what you're doing. And, you know, you have, you have a heart for God, have a heart to lead at a young age. Yeah. I think the first thing that you need to remember and that we all need to remember is that no one at 21 years old is perfect. And actually no one expects you to be perfect or needs you to be perfect. That everyone who attempts to lead at 21 is um, is going to make mistakes, you know, is gonna is not going to get it right every time, is going to need some grace, 
And I think that's okay. In other words, my hope for younger leaders is that everyone just feels comfortable in their own skin, you know, as they step out to um, lead and inevitably lead people who are, who are older than them. Uh, so what then is required to me of young leaders more than being perfect or getting it all right is honestly just a sense of humility. Yeah. You know, a, a sense of being teachable, a sense of I don't know everything and I I just want you to know that I know that I don't know everything. In other words, you know, humility is, is one of the great strengths of every young leader. In fact, I think that older leaders and older adults would not only love young leaders who are humble and teachable, I actually think that older people would go out of their way to defend that kind of a leader and stand up for that kind of a leader. When a younger leader is self-aware and, and, and humble and not a, you know, not just, um, you know, a bull in a ton of shop, um, I really believe that, um, that older leaders want to champion that leader. So I just think, first of all, you got to be comfortable in your own skin and, and really teachable along the way. I also think that relationships, you mentioned, uh, you know, being pushback. I also think that relationship with older leaders and older people is really the same as with younger people and, and healthy relationships just come through time and yeah. investing time. And as much as you want to hang out with young people and go to their games, you know, and have them over and spend time with them, it's also really important to spend time with older people, specifically older leaders and influencers in your church. You know, go to their homes and let them make you dinner and, you know, let them try to play matchmaker for you or, you know, whatever. You know, invest time into those relationships as well because yeah. I think they'd want to be for you. And um, it, it will be hard for them to give pushback to someone that they admire and respect up close. And um, I guess I'll finish with this story really fast. This is taking me, like, way back now. Um, my very first Wednesday night um, speaking as a youth pastor, I was 20 years old, brand new, into it. Um, you know, no doubt the youth leaders were missing the previous youth pastor who had been there. And um, I got done speaking that night and was uh, talking to one of the youth leaders. And um, I asked her some question, you know, like, how did you enjoy tonight? And, of course, you expect to hear, like, oh, great, you know, or something like that. Well, what I heard from her was, you said, um, 137 times in your message. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I just remember at the moment feeling so deflated. Like, you're kidding me. This is what you're going to tell me. Um, the truth is she actually ended up becoming a great youth leader for me. The truth is that she was just missing her old youth pastor. Now, old me would have wanted to bite her head off, you know, would have wanted to fire back, defend myself for some unknown reason, probably the grace of God, for some unknown reason, I had a moment of grace, and I said to her, listen, I, I want to be better. And so I actually want you to count for me every single week because I want to be better. And what That's was good. cool was, what was cool was actually in a matter of weeks, she came up to me so excited, like, you only said, um, like 10 times tonight. It was amazing. And she knows really being for me, but I think, I think that sense of humility went a long way. Yeah. So anyways, man, we're proud of you. Love what you're doing. Thanks, man. We love what you're doing. The leader's form is uh, something special. 
If you have a question that you would like to ask us right here on the podcast, head to the Leading Second Forum on Facebook, join our community, and then DM us or look for the link. We'd love to bring you on to a future episode and answer your question. All right, so without further ado, for our third episode of season one, we continue my conversation with my pastor, Kevin Gerald, on what every pastor looks for in their team. I feel so blessed to call this man my pastor and to have sat under this kind of stuff for over 25 years. So let's return to this interview. I want to encourage you to lean in, listen hard. I know this is going to help you today. One missing quality I feel like I'm seeing right now is the hunger for leaders in the second chair to just simply be in proximity with their pastor. Maybe not in a meeting, maybe not doing something officially. I, I know that I have a hunger. You you probably are unaware of how many date nights you've ruined for Lindsay and I because we drove you home from the airport. <laughs> and and I, it's, a, it's a joke because you come home on Fridays a lot and Fridays were date night. But, yeah. but when Lindsay and I look back, those are some of our favorite times uh-huh. because... We just had a hunger to want to be around our leader. It didn't matter if it was after 5 p.m. or if it was on a, a day off. or There was just a hunger. Like, we wanted... And I kind of look around going, where's that hunger right now? Yeah. Where's the hunger for leaders that would drop everything when when the opportunities of ministry call? It may come without a paycheck. It may come outside of office hours. It may, it may come outside of your areas of responsibility. But where's that hunger just to dive in and bring a latte, you know... Yep. To your pastor or your drive. I learned so much in those moments, and I would just challenge any young leader if you have the opportunity to serve your pastor in in what seems like a nominal way a driving of a car, the, the delivering of a latte, the those those moments make way for the big moments. So good. And and I'll tell you what you also did well and other leaders do well with me, and don't think that your pastor doesn't notice, and that is that when you've done those things you didn't expect anything from me like you didn't you didn't do it and I picked up on the idea that there was an expectation attached that I would need to spend time talking to you or Mm -hmm. that hey I have a question for you pastor and I'm so glad (laughs) I have this opportunity well I just I just came back from Europe like I'm in jet lag I'm you know what I'm saying yeah and and so people that do it with a purity yeah actually end up getting further in terms of the pastor going, this is, this is, uh, you know, this is sincere, pure serving, and this person has has something in them that is hungry, hungry to learn, grow, and build build our house. But it's it's not about them. But that's the kind of people I actually want to promote. Yeah. And so it's an it's amazing. Like that's the kind of person I would want to send to pick up one of my pastor friends. Totally. That's coming into town. So then they get to be around another. You know. And so so it's the principle of serving. And if you want to be great, learn to serve in a in a unique kind of way. Um, in that it grows you and takes you into the places you're supposed to be. Okay. One more question for you today. Um, what would you say to someone who has a really big dream in their heart? but isn't ready to execute it yet. So what would you say to someone who maybe even wants to plant their own church in the future or just has that big thing in them, but you're looking at them saying, you are not ready for, for what's on the inside of you? What would you say to that person? 
I would say that you have to serve your way into your position. You um, have to serve your way into your place. Uh, you, a lot of people are saying, "Well, I'm not really sure where I should be," and I'm not. And I, you know, I think it's sincere. And it's like I, I'm not really sure what God would want for me. But then a lot of people just sit idle, and actually, sure. they are five years later saying the same exact thing, mm. because that's not how you find the potential in yourself. That's not how you tap in to what God's put in you. Uh, that's not how other people actually can observe and watch you in action if you just sit on the sideline. So I would just say, serve your way into your potential. Serve your way into your position. Serve your way into your play. Like whatever your hands find to do, you do it with all your heart and under the Lord. And then it's amazing how your dream like it gets clearer. It gets sometimes the dream is is in essence accurate, but it's intangible. It's it needs a big shift. It's it's not really the way you're seeing it. It takes on a whole nother, um, you know, it's very different in essence than you thought it would be. And and yet when you get there, it's dream fulfillment. Dream fulfillment. But in the when you just sit back and dream about it versus actually getting down on the field mm. and, and, and learning and growing and serving and being in the mix, that's when you get greater clarity about what your, really, your dream really looks like. It's, it's where you get greater clarity as to how um, you're created and what way to fulfill that dream. It's where other people observe you and coach you uh, because you're serving your way. So that, that's what I would say. So, I don't know what you were hoping I would say, but <laughs> that's what I would say is you serve your way in. Yeah, and I just, I've seen you, I've seen you push the pause button on people before that thought they were ready. Oh. And um, it's like you push the pause button and then people walk out of the meeting and they're going to do something with that. They're either going to stay faithful yep. or they're going to leave yep. or they're going to burn you. Or the, I mean, that, that those are very real scenarios that happen. And I'm not asking you to get personal, but I just think that the, that's the real and the raw yep. of being somewhere while you're on your way somewhere. And you just have to trust your pastor. If, if your pastor is an integrous you know, leader and someone God has assigned to your life and put over your life, you just, you just got to anchor into their words, even if they tell you stop. Or even if they tell you push pause on that. Right. Even if, even if there's a delay in it. Right. Um, I just think we've got to keep our head on our shoulders. You know, uh, I'm so glad you took this turn um, in this conversation because one of the things that I'm actually talking about here at our Team Church One Day a little bit, and uh, it's, again, it's one of these things on my mind recently, and, and that is that if you sense that your pastor is not completely trusting you or ready to give you a platform or open a door for you, it's very possible that your pastor isn't sure how committed you are mm. to the house and their vision. And that that is legitimate. Like mm. for your pastor to to question that is a legitimate place for a for a uh, leader to be. Sure. Um, David David is an example of that and you know whenever he went outside the city to meet some guys that were coming, a band of 30. And he said, I want to know why you're here. You want to join, 
you want to join my crew, but I want to know why. What? Because if, if you're here for the wrong reason, God's going to judge you. So he didn't even open the doors or give them access. He had just become, he had just became the king of Israel. And he knew that everybody wasn't good for him. He knew everybody wasn't really, that wanted to be on the team, wasn't good to be on the team. And so I, I think it's, uh, I think for anyone listening today who wonders about, well, my pastors, you know, he's not freeing, he's not liberating. Go to that story and read it thoroughly because a great leader and the best leaders in the world will, they will oftentimes um, come outside their place of, of real inner circle and have talks there and dialogue there before they actually give you a green light to do what you want to do in your heart or invite you into the inner circle of their world because they they are just not sure how committed you are. And and then if if you react, you prove them right. Like if you react and you get upset that your pastor he isn't he isn't doing this. He hasn't opened that door for me. He hasn't and I'm going to then what you've done right then is you have proved him right in questioning <laughs> wow. your lack of yep. commitment. Yep. He was absolutely right for not giving you a full-on green light, um, you know, in his world. David, the story of David, and probably everybody knows it, but like the, the leader spoke up quickly and said, you know what, I am with you, heart and soul. We are with you. Success, success to you. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom that God's given you to build, and we want to be a part of that team. So, there, there you go. I, I think it's really important. I'm glad you brought that that up. Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, not only for your time today, thank you for being the kind of voice into all leaders, but spe- specifically young leaders that you are. I mean, it just means the world to me. Thank you for, you know, at our church, giving us a vision big enough to lose our lives in. And, and you know, thank you for, thank you for always pushing us on and and you know, just being a really big leader that that a lot of leaders have been able to thrive under. Um, I just I I love that, and I pray everyone listening has just discerned that. And we just love your voice for for leaders today. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. If this podcast has resonated with you, we would love to hear from you. I encourage you to subscribe, rate, comment. And consider sharing the podcast with someone who doesn't know about it yet. Also, I want to encourage you to head to the Leading Second Forum on Facebook. That is our community and our tribe. If you're a part of a church team in any capacity, we would love to have you. And finally, head to LeadingSecond.com or to the Leading Second Instagram and apply for a space in one of our summer coaching groups. Registration is open now and it won't be the same without you. Until next time, just know we are in your corner. We are running alongside of you. We are praying for you. Let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. Oh.